Hello, friends, and welcome back to The Eric Deem Show. I'm so glad you're here. As you know, I created this podcast as a way to spread the Midwestern pragmatism that I grew up with, this notion that cultural stewardship falls to each of us. And that all starts, for me at least, with managing and being responsible at the individual level. Yourself. So this is a part two of last week's episode where I talked about my morning routine, how I set myself up to conquer the day every morning, and how you can too. Today, I want to take a little bit of a deeper dive into uh, some of the questions and emails I've gotten from you all, uh, direct messages and emails, chief at ericdeemshow.com and on the socials at ericdeemshow. You've reached out to say, Eric, uh, tell me about your morning routine. You talk about starting your day so that you conquer the day and so that the day doesn't conquer you. We want to know more and make it practical. Tell us the steps. What are you doing? What are your mantras? What are you reading? So I've done that, and that was last week's episode, so I would encourage you to go back and check that out. This week, however, I'm going to answer a couple of your questions around meeting prep. Uh, Some of you have reached out to say, okay, you're having meetings, you're working on deals, you're meeting somebody for the first time. You talked about uh, if you have a 30-minute meeting, you're prepping for an hour. If you have an hour meeting, maybe you're prepping for an hour and a half, two hours. So I'm going to walk you through just a few basic steps to how I do this. So I put together a list of five things, five things for the perfect meeting. And I'm going to go through each of those with you, tell you stories from my perspective. And this is what I use to prepare. So let me just read through these really quickly so that you get kind of the framework of where we're going. One, why are you meeting? Two, do your research. Three, anticipate anything. Four, define next steps. And five, be you. So, Let's dive right in. Number one, why are you meeting? I sometimes call this the ODO, the Optimum Desired Outcome. Uh, If you've worked with me, then you know that sometimes on emails, you will see ODO. I used to require it for meeting invites when I was in corporate America. If somebody was sending me a meeting invite, I wanted in the subject, or in the body rather, to have the ODO. What is the Optimum Desired Outcome from our time together? And then that begs the question, is this a meeting or will an email suffice? Uh, Will a phone call work instead of getting together for 30 minutes and having to drive an hour to get there, so on and so forth? Uh, Zoom meetings have, while they do have their downsides, um, they have certainly helped in kind of reducing the stigma of not being in the same room to get business done. So why are you meeting? What is the goal here? What is the goal for you, but then also what is the goal for those you're meeting with? If this is just a personal catch-up, okay, well, what's the goal there? Uh, I have heard folks say, don't meet to meet. Okay, that makes sense. That sounds like a waste of time. But anytime two people are coming together or a group of people, there is a purpose. And sometimes the purpose can just be to let off steam, to share funny stories, just to be in community with one another, that's not meeting to meet. That's called humans being humans, right? After all, we're not human doings, we're human beings. So it's okay to spend time together and just be. You don't always have to be doing something. But it's 
just as important to be clear on this. You've, you've got to have crystal, you've got to be crystal clear on, on why, I think. If it's a business meeting, what do we need out of this? Does somebody have an upper hand? Do we need to help somebody who thinks they have the upper hand realize that maybe they don't? Personality profiles play into this, but they're not everything. It's both an art and a science when getting an understanding of who people are. And so that brings me to point number two. Do your research. Know your audience. Now, I've got to say this before I go any further on this one. Don't be a creep. <laughs> in, in the world of social media and the internet, you can find so much out about somebody. You can find a lot about them, their ex-wives, their ex-husbands, their kids. Uh, you can search phone numbers. You can search email addresses. You can search a whole lot of things and find out a whole bunch. Um, you can also pay uh, groups online to do background checks, depending on what level of engagement this is. Is this a partner that you're talking about, or is this just an initial intro coffee? You know, so there are a lot of resources at your disposal for this. But the biggest thing to keep in mind, don't be a creep, but also know what you're walking into. If you're meeting with somebody who just got a divorce six months ago, that's probably a good thing to know. If you're walking into somebody who just lost a loved one last month, that's a good thing to know. I have had meetings with folks who lost a child, an adult child, just a month prior to our meeting. I've also met with people who were going through a divorce actively, and it was not a pretty one. I don't know that any are, but you know what I'm saying. So just be aware. Awareness goes a very long way. The other thing I would say um, in the don't be a creep uh, line here is find out where the Venn diagram. Now, if you don't know what a Venn diagram is, this is that you know what it is. You just may not know what it's called. Two circles beside each other and where they overlap, that area in the middle. That's a Venn diagram. So my goal in doing the research is to find where do we overlap? Where are the similarities? People love talking about themselves. <laughs> you no doubt know that by listening to the Eric Deem Show and hearing yours truly, the chief, talk about himself. But anyway, I, I want to find out where the overlaps are between this person's life and my life. Are they also from a small Midwestern town? Did they also grow up the son of a factory worker and a secretary? What's the story here? Uh, were they uh, religious? Did they grow up in the church? Is that a, a touch point? Did they move far away? Did they go to a school where I went? Uh, were they involved in politics like I was? Do they do real estate? You begin to find where the touch points are and then dive a little deeper. Get a little bit more understanding behind, okay, uh, this person had a real estate business. They started 20 years ago. Uh, who'd they start it with? Is that person still around? If they're not, you may want to know why. If they are, you may want to know why. You can learn so much just from the surface. And then once you go beyond the surface, I mean, you're taking notes at this point. And that's what I would encourage you to do. It's, uh, you know, show prep never stops. 
for this show, but also prep for life never stops. And the, the dullest pencil is better than the sharpest mind. Again, I'll say that again. The dullest pencil is better than the sharpest mind. Write it down. Yes, that's a product from attending church, probably more than you would have. And hearing these one-liners from preachers and puppet... Uh, I call them pulpiteers <laughs> instead of puppeteers. But nonetheless, um, they're not all pulpiteers, but uh, those that are, they know they are. Anyway, take your notes and then find where the connections are in the notes. And then you begin to understand a bit of a narrative of this person's life. When you get with them, do not share that narrative. Let that be the thing that informs how you then bring up the overlap. For instance, I met with somebody not long ago who is a pilot and is actively looking to buy a plane. I knew this because of how we were introduced. I'm not a pilot. I have friends who are. But I've spent my fair share of time in different kinds of planes. Uh, you know, traveling around looking at real estate deals and um, being with partners who have a whole variety of different kinds of planes, jets, twin engine, single engine, what have you. So what I didn't want to do is show up and on the first meeting with this individual, say, oh, I understand you're looking for a, a plane, and, and then immediately have this person put his guard up to figure, how does he know this? Why does he know this? Uh, my friend who introduced us was oversharing. What else did he share? I don't want to put the person on high alert. So instead, I find ways to talk about the stories that utilize and incorporate a plane. And the, that, the plane isn't the focal point, rather the story about me and a friend traveling somewhere and needing to declare a near-emergency landing and talking about that story and how that brought our friendship closer together. You know, that is actually with this individual how I did that. We were talking about friendship and I weave that in and then we're talking about planes. And so what I'm doing is constantly coming back to the places where we have overlap and connectivity in our lives. This is somebody, people like themselves, right? So they want to work, do business with, and spend time with people that are like them that are not too different. Yet so, diversity is the spice of life, yes. Variety, I should say, is the spice of life, and that comes from diverse experiences and diverse people and diverse backgrounds and that kind of thing. But at the same time, um, this is, if you're wanting more than just a fun dinner conversation and you're wanting a, a meaningful relationship that goes further, you've got to walk before you run. Pace the change. And you do that by highlighting and sticking to the things that are in common and that you have as, uh, as overlaps. So do that. Third, anticipate anything. I can't tell you how many meetings I've been with or been in where I thought um, the principal that I was going to be meeting with, the principal player or, or you know, person A, it was just going to be one-on-one. -on -one. And what ends up happening is this person ends up bringing uh, somebody else, either an assistant, a spouse, a kid, Somebody else, just like me, uh, seeking mentorship, that's happened before, and I'm like, okay, what do I do here? You've got to be prepared to be able to make your pitch, to be able to sell whatever you're selling, to be able to e explain who you are regardless of who's there. So anticipate somebody bringing a spouse. Anticipate being in a loud restaurant. 
where you can't hear each other, especially if this person's older. Uh, there are some great restaurants in town. I once remember going to Bricktops on West End in Nashville. Great spot, great lunch spot. And I was going there to lunch with somebody who was uh, maybe, yeah, he was already in his 80s. And it was his idea to go there. And so we did it. And had I had to do it over again, I would have thought about this when we sat down. I sat across from him. Well, halfway through the lunch, I scooted over, right? So we were at a, a table, four chairs. I, I scooted over into the seat next to him. So we were sharing a corner. So you got to be willing to adapt. Otherwise, forget about it. He was hearing maybe every third or every other word, and uh, I was yelling. And um, so anticipate everything that could go wrong. Because things are going to go wrong. Things are going to go right. Things are going to surprise you. I've also been in situations where I had, you know, blocked off 30 minutes and it turned into six hours because we're in a meeting talking about something important and somebody says, well, what are you doing the rest of the day? Why don't we just, I need to go run some errands. Why don't you come with me and we'll just hammer this out and, and talk a little further about this. Well, that's a beautiful thing, Right. It could be, could also be a bad thing if you don't want to spend six hours with the person. But this in particular example I'm talking about was one where we were talking about a variety of real estate transactions to work on. And we were getting to know one another and early on in a mentor relationship. And so I saw this as an opportunity to further define and build that relationship. What a beautiful thing, right? And when you spend six hours with somebody in a day, you get to understand their cadence and how they operate. And they're really, it's a gift to let them in, for them to let you in on more of their life. I've also been in the meetings that were supposed to be 30 minutes. And five minutes in, a phone call happens. And it says, you know what, Eric? I'm really sorry about this. I've got to go. Uh, what, was the, what was your point? What did you need to get, what do we need to handle today? And so that's where I would say, when you think of anticipating anything, make sure you front load the main point. Whatever you need to get across, make sure you're not waiting until the very last second to do that. Make sure you're not waiting until the check is brought to the table. Make sure that is fleshed out early. Otherwise, and this has happened to me, I speak from experience on this, folks, you wait to the end, you bring up the main course, if you will, and it wants to evolve into a really deep, meaningful conversation to go places where you had already prepared for and planned for and were hoping to go. And, well, they've got a 130. So I'm sorry. This is so good. We need to talk again. Why put off to tomorrow what you can handle today? So that's where the ODO, the Optimum Desired Outcome, it's going to sound odd. Listen, I go to a lunch and I go, oh, man, I'm so glad we're able to get together Um Here's my ODO, my optimum desired outcome. Before we end this lunch, I want us to know how we're going to sell this piece of property together. Or I want to know how we're going to raise the $10 million for X, Y, and Z. I want us to know whether or not we're going to bring on this person or not. So I just want to frame the conversation so we don't forget about that. Now, how's your mom and them? (laughs) right? Tell me about your family. How's everything going? And then you're going back to the research that you've put together. So be prepared for anything, even be prepared for a no-show. It happens. You're busy. They're busy. 
Sometimes that's going to happen. Don't allow dead space to take over your day. So be prepared. Always have a book or an, uh, an, a magazine, an audible, ready to go. Uh, should you need to be eating alone or having coffee alone, don't let that steal productive time. Four, define the next steps. So that, it, it really goes nicely with the ODO and the why behind your meeting. But defining the next steps, make sure you both heard the same thing, you're aligned on what needs to happen, and you've set parameters, a deadline on what's happening next. Because you also want to get them to agree to it. So what I do is I say, okay, so it sounds like the next step is we're going to get the attorneys to draft up this. Uh, It's going to be my attorney handling it, so I'll reach out to them this afternoon. We should have something... Um, for the both of us to review by the end of the week so that uh, next week you can reach out to X so that we can have that meeting with them. Does that sound like a plan? Perfect. Ask them if there's anything else that we need to add, right? So it's a def- you have to have definition around this because if you don't, you're just going to be waiting on things to happen. You, you don't want to be waiting for things to happen that you don't have control over. The other side of that is... You don't want to just be pushing paper around to push paper around. You don't want to say, well, this is good. Um, let me get back to the office and uh, I'll follow up from this. Okay. Well, you've missed an opportunity to have active participation by everybody involved on what you need to do and who needs to have responsibility for it. You know, uh, my responsibility is to get with my attorney to handle it, but it's your responsibility to make sure the other party is going to show up on Monday. So people walk out with marching orders. They, they walk out with um, being on the same page with an understanding of what's to happen next. So many deals die because of time. Time kills all deals. Don't let time get in the way. It kills relationships. It kills deals because the spark isn't even able to take off. Ride the momentum. You're with the person. Seize the moment. Get it done. So... Uh, Again, let's go back over this again. One, why are you meeting the ODO? Two, do your research. Know your audience while not being a creep. Three, anticipate anything from a no-show to extra people showing up to phone calls happening throughout. Four, define the next steps and get them to agree to them. And fifth, the fifth thing and the final thing on this episode, be you. Do not be a copy of somebody else. Authenticity matters so much and it's rare. Be you. And you're going to want to be the version of yourself that needs to show up that day, right? If this is a business meeting, you need to be the businessman or woman. If this is a friend gathering, you need to be the friend. If this is a quick lunch with a spouse, you need to be the best husband or wife. What do you want? What, what would you want your spouse or partner to do in, for a midday lunch, right? Be who you need to be. Be the best version of yourself and be the version that needs to step up at the occasion. But the key word here is to be yourself. Be you. Don't take the research that you have from this person and think you need to morph into something else. Or don't look at your resume or, or who you are, uh, your personality profiles, your strengths, your weaknesses, and think, well, I need to kind of you know, diminish those or highlight this or what. No, be authentically 
you. Because the last thing you want is to end up into a deal, a job, a relationship, any kind of situation where the expectations that are going to be put on you are a drain to you. You want to be in situations where iron is sharpening iron, and as you're filling out, as your vessel is overflowing and pouring into other people, your vessel is being replenished and refilled as well. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself in situations where you keep pouring and pouring and pouring, and you're not getting replenished. And whilst, you know, there's plenty of blame to go around on that, I think it starts with you first, because if you haven't told people what you need, and you haven't showed up shown up to situations, being your authentic self so that they know who you really are and what you really need to be most successful, the finger's pointing at you, friend. So those are the five things that I would say to do to prepare for the perfect meeting. Know your audience. Do the research. That's number one. Number two, why are you meeting? Your ODO, the Optimum Desired Outcome. And three, anticipate anything that could happen. Four, define the next steps while you're in the meeting. Get them to agree to what's happening, the cadence of events to follow. Finally, five, be you. Authenticity matters, and it matters now more than ever. Do you have any feedback, any thoughts? I would love to hear about it. How would you extrapolate on any of these points? Do you have a a sixth and seventh maybe that you would add, or maybe a 3A or 4A? I'm open to it. Chief at ericdeemshow.com.